Welcome to the WWE Podcast, a weekly show dedicated to discussing the current pro wrestling product through all of the good. AJ Styles is the WWE World Champion. And the bad. Number 30. The WWE Podcast reviews every Raw, SmackDown Live, and WWE pay-per-view event, giving an unfiltered opinion, even sharing some favorite wrestling memories. Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin thought he'd come out here and give you a little present right from the bottom of my heart. Oh, oh, no! oh my God! Oh, my God! Austin just can't And now, here's your host, the man who doesn't play a bad guy on TV and loves sharing his passion for a Roman Reigns heel turn, Matt Corsell. Welcome to the WWE Podcast for Sunday, May 20th, 2018. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm going to be going over <clears throat> some of the things that I'm most passionate about this week. Quick hits, if you will, from this past week in WWE. And before I do that, of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at the WWE Podcast. I'm also in the process of uh, somewhat reviving and um, uh, resurrecting the WWE Podcast website. So keep your eye on that. And I uh, appreciate all of you who have followed me. It is a great place. Twitter can be a great place um, for those of you who are passionate about wrestling. I love being able to interact with you guys and and uh, uh, share some thoughts and, and opinions on the current product in WWE. Because that's what this podcast is all about. It is about the current product in WWE, uh, pulling from some uh, knowledge that I have of being a 20, oh gosh, 21 year fan. I believe I've been watching since 1997, um, since the very first Hell in a Cell with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Uh, if those of you who can believe that, back at Bad Blood when Kane debuted, was how far my memory goes back from watching wrestling. So 21 years ago. This October will be my uh, my my anniversary, and it's crazy to think that it, it's been that long. So that's a little bit about my history in, in wrestling, and I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, this is a regular. I try to make regular. Uh, my wife is actually due in uh, about a week with our first kid, so um, it may be a little bit difficult to to keep on this track, but I'll do my best. And uh, I, t- I I've been doing a lot of on the road shows from my phone um that's where i've been doing a lot of uh a, a lot of my shows from from the remote location of my eight, 2018 honda accord that is where i have been living um and and so that is where i do a lot of the shows but let, let's get into um some of the talking points from this past week in wwe because there is a lot to discuss from really what was a kind of ho-hum raw in the UK, uh, the, the crowd was hot for a show that really didn't warrant the reaction it got. And the crowd, that zany, typical UK crowd that boos Roman Reigns, uh, just as the non traditional audience that attends Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, just like any time they go to Canada. 
just like any time they go to Chicago. I mean, it's getting embarrassing. It's getting embarrassing for WWE to continue to put Roman Reigns out there in the role that he's in. And I, I, I just, I, I'm befuddled at this point at what WWE, when I say WWE, I should be more specific, what Vince McMahon is thinking at this point. I mean, I, I'm really at a loss of words, explanation. We're going on three plus years now of this, and it seems like podcast after podcast, episode after episode, not just mine, but others, it seems to be the focal point of conversation. And rightly so. Many of you may be tired of hearing about just turn Roman Reigns heel. People are, some of you out there, I shouldn't say everybody, some people out there are tired of the fans rejecting Roman Reigns and talking about it and, and booing him because it's the cool thing to do. Well, when you have a character that is the focal point of WWE and he looks the part and Vince McMahon is in love with how he looks and the women adore him because of how he looks, he is the perfect face for the next wave and next generation of WWE. John Cena's got to be replaced at some point, and Roman Reigns seems to be that guy. At least on paper. Now in execution, it has been, as I said, three plus years. And we still have the same... We're, we're having the same conversation that we had three years ago. Main event crowd rejection after main event crowd rejection after main event crowd rejection... And let me say it one more time because he's had it four years in a row. Main event crowd rejection. After rejection. It's getting to the point of what is the end game here? People have thought, well, maybe it's WWE working us. And they're going to say at the end that we're gonna, they're going to try to spin it. So it looks like we're the fools that we have been being worked this entire time. I will not buy that for a second if WWE tries to tell that story. You would not. Anybody who has an ounce of sanity that's running a company would not go against the grain for almost four years with their, quote, top guy and cast him in a role that doesn't align with the reaction he's getting on purpose for four years. You, you, you would not do that. Would you try it in the short term? Maybe for six months even. Maybe if for six months you say, well, I know better. There's an end game, a, a bigger picture here. I have a bigger picture for this guy. They're going to boo him in the interim, but they'll see why I do, I'm doing what I'm doing. And you have a you know you absorb some damage from the fans and, and maybe from some of your sponsors that go wait, wait a minute this this is supposed to be your centerpiece babyface and he's getting booed it's making the company look embarrassed it's embarrassing and maybe for six months you do that but if the payoff is big enough you go and push through 
you don't push through for three to four years for whatever payoff they think is happening. It's not happening. In fact, it's getting worse. Worse. I'm thinking at this point that when the cameraman tries to seek out that one eight-year-old boy fan or 40-year-old woman that only loves Roman Reigns because of his well-conditioned hair or that for the for the younger fans that he has a move called the Superman punch and oh I know who Superman is. he's a real life superhero for those of you that are as shallow and and ignorant to cheer Roman Reigns WWE has to seek harder and harder at every event to try to find somebody in the crowd that's holding up a Roman Reigns poster with glitter on it or a misspelled word poster in the crowd that's that a eight-year-old fan is holding up that he made two hours before the show. I'm thinking at this point that WWE has to just pull from stock footage or just pay a, a couple of actors to stand there and, and act like they cheer for Roman Reigns so that at home the perception isn't that every single person in the audience dislikes Roman Reigns. It is, it just is, it doesn't make any sense. None. Zero. Absolutely none at this point. And many of you, and I even had this on an iTunes podcast, or excuse me, a Apple Podcasts review that I talk about Roman Reigns too much. That That's all I talk about. Well, it's not all I talk about, but I do talk about it almost every single show. Because I've never seen anything like this. In my 21 years of watching WWE, I have never seen anything like this before. None. You may have, as I said, two, three, four, five, even six months worth of a character that Vince McMahon has tried to portray. The creative team has tried to portray as this is a man that's a stand-up guy. You should cheer for him. And the crowd ends up rejecting him. And Vince says, okay, fine. You guys don't like him? Turn him heel. Usos. Edge. Think about this, guys. Think about your past. Think about the past where you had a fan rejection from a babyface. And the crowd rejected him. And they turned heel and poof. Magic. Magic. And I think Roman Reigns would be no different. No different if they turn Roman Reigns heel. He has a ton of baby faces to work with. He could let loose. He has a ton of pent-up frustration. You could take the chains off of him. As a heel, there are no rules. You don't have to worry about people liking you. You just go out there, spew your venom, which will be heartfelt from the guts and from his brain because it's real over the last three or four years of the crowds just burying him outside of the eight-year-olds and women who don't know any better and think that just because he looks cute, I'm supposed to cheer for him instead of diving deeper into exactly what these characters are. And I don't think that baby faces and heels is a passe term anymore. It, it can't be. And you want to know why it can't be? I'm pretty sure, last I checked, I mean, I may be wrong. Last I checked, movies, movies, you guys all know what movies are, right? Movies are doing pretty damn well. And what do movies have in them? They have a story. What does that story have? That story has protagonists. The good guys. Antagonists. 
the bad guys. And along that journey, you're rooting for the good guy and rooting against that bad guy. This is the same perception and and structure that you want in a wrestling storyline. It's not passe. If that mindset is ever implemented to its full capacity in WWE management and creative, WWE will go out of business. People cannot invest themselves in characters if they don't feel them as human beings. I don't want to watch something and be reminded it's fake every 10 minutes. I don't. I want a character that I feel re- it feels real, authentic, not structured, not corporate. And boy, does Roman Reigns not check any of those boxes. He has been the chosen one from day one. And this storyline that they currently have right now about Roman Reigns uh, going against the grain, going against the authority, and management has it in for him. When we all know the exact, exact opposite is, has been true over the last four years. The exact opposite from CM Punk interviews, other wrestlers on podcasts, the way he's been portrayed in and out of the ring, the way he's presented on WWE TV, just getting title shots, just gets a rematch against Brock Lesnar. No explanation. Nobody else cares. Nobody, no, no other wrestlers say anything. Nobody says anything. It just happens. He's been in the WWE WrestleMania main event over the last four years. So when WWE is giving this storyline that management's against Roman Reigns, they're trying to really tell that story. And when he uh, Roman Reigns called Brock Lesnar Vince's boy, everything that was even the smallest amount of ground that WWE has achieved over the last four years. And they had some momentum. When Roman Reigns cut interviews on Brock Lesnar up until that point, I was like, wow, he's got some good points now. He's never here. Brock's never here. And then he says that Brock Lesnar is Vince's boy. Everything went out the window. We're back to square one. We've actually been set back. In my mind, there has never been in the history of this Roman Reigns experiment, never been a, a a more intense rejection of the Roman Reigns character than right now. Since Roman Reigns broke up from the Shield, there has never been a more intense rejection of Roman Reigns than right now, ever in the history of his character. Never. Never. And they may say, well... He's getting booed. He's a heel now. Why, why would we change him when he's getting a strong negative reaction now? That's, a, that is, that's completely false. You want to know why? You would not position a guy that you have casted as a heel against Jinder Mahal, which they have done. They would not do that. If you can't get cheered against Jinder Mahal, all hope is lost. It's done. It's over. And if they are building, and it looks like they are, to a Roman Reigns-Jinder Mahal match at Money in the Bank, oh, and by the way, in Chicago, they better prepare themselves for one of two things. An outright rejection of the match, 
one of three things. Jinder Mahal getting cheered like it's Hulk Hogan against The Rock at WrestleMania 18. Or people will walk out of the building. That would be the statement of statements. If you are in Chicago and in the sound of my voice or attending that show in a few weeks at Money in the Bank, if you organize people, a large group of people, to walk out on that match, that will create shockwaves. It will it will get the attention more of Vince McMahon than if you sat there and and booed him like he was Osama bin Laden on September 11th. It would get more of a reaction out of Vince to do that than to boo Roman Reigns, which Vince has to see coming at Money in the Bank. This feud is flat. I understand, too, that it's also post-WrestleMania season. It's, it is. That is just the fact. And it's... Gonna have to. T- it's gonna take a while to build back up. Where we crescendo at SummerSlam, cool down a little bit to Survivor Series, Rumble, and we're off to the races again for WrestleMania 35. So there, there's a lot of work to do here, and I don't know. I don't know what Vince McMahon is thinking. the The logic that goes on in Vince McMahon's brain. It's not a fine wine. It is not getting better with age. I can tell you that right now. There is no good reason, none, that you would keep Roman in this position other than him being stubborn and not looking like he's caving to everything that the fans cheer and boo on a knee-jerk reaction. This is not a knee-jerk reaction. A knee-jerk reaction doesn't happen in over four years. A knee-jerk reaction would happen over a couple of weeks or even a month. This has been long enough. Think about the damage that has been done over the last four years. After Roman has been rejected, and to me, where it should have happened, and Roman turned heel, was in Philadelphia for the Royal Rumble in January of 2015 when the fans crapped all over Roman Reigns and The Rock could not save him. The Rock comes out and could not save Roman Reigns in that match. That is when WWE should, should have turned him heel. And this isn't hindsight being 2020. I said it back then. I'll say it now. That's when they should have done it. And you know what that's going to do when Roman Reigns turns heel or if he turns heel? I shouldn't even say if. I, I, I really hope it's when. It is going to catapult his career. I am not a Roman Reigns hater. I'm not a Roman Reigns hater. I think he's very gifted in the ring. And apparently JBL and some other performers, wrestlers, former wrestlers, think that he has great matches. They all stand and cheer for him after the match. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. And since when is that the only thing that is going to create a successful babyface? That's, oh, really? So that she's just he's just supposed to have a great match. Really? Oh, okay. Well, what about Braun Strowman? Hmm. Andre the Giant. Well, yeah, those are two bigger guys. Did they have great matches? Nope. Were they legends? Yep. Did Hulk Hogan ever have great matches? I could argue no. No. From an in-ring perspective, Hulk Hogan had very, very few five-star matches. What creates that five-star connection with the crowd is being able to connect with the crowd. 
Roman Reigns has gone out there week after week and just been lethargic in his man bun, which that's a heel getter. I mean, heat getter. There's just, you can't go out there in a man bun and expect to be cheered. It looks ridiculous. looks arrogant. It looks like he just rolled off the couch on a Saturday morning after watching cartoons, got some sweats on and just, well, let's just do this and get it over so I can get back to the couch. That's his attitude. Like he'd rather be anywhere but there. It comes across, it bleeds through. His words say something, but the meaning behind it is different than what his words are saying. His words are coming from the sheet of paper. What he actually feels is are not those words. And let me just put a little bow on this and I'll move on to some other items. Roman, the Roman Reigns character, is what's being rejected. It Roman Reigns has unfortunately become the lightning rod and the centerpiece of a battle with Vince McMahon that the fans are having. Roman Reigns is unfortunately the face of that battle. Roman Reigns has become the punching bag for fans that when they don't like a wrestler that WWE has created as a babyface, and I still believe WWE has no idea how to create a successful babyface, they use Roman Reigns as a perfect example, the prime example of a privileged, uh, uh, a, a mold of what Vince McMahon would want, but not what the fans relate to. I'm tired of this guy. He's not cast in the right role. Personality. It's a it's frustration. Roman Reigns is the face of what the fans don't want to see as a babyface in 2018. And apparently. Bobby Lashley is heading down the same road right now. Listen to the reaction he got on Monday Night Raw in the UK, chanting for his three sisters. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Unfortunately, Bobby Lashley is headed down that same road, and I'm fearful that, you know, I'm not fearful. I'm expecting WWE to screw this up, and I think they will, because they have no idea how to successfully create a babyface. They were trying to make Bobby Lashley relatable because he has three sisters. Oh, okay, well, wait, wait, wait. So why are you here, Bobby? I don't give a damn about your family. I know they're trying to create depth in Bobby Lashley. That's not the way you do it. You don't create depth by telling you a weird story about having your sisters tie you up and leave you there for hours. And then one of them left a scar on his face and shoving a, a, a t-shirt down a bully's throat? That, that's not relatable. That doesn't make any sense. You just... All right. Well, I'm not going to get on that soapbox because you guys can listen to that show on my previous... Um, uh, last week, I believe, when uh, I had a Bobby Lashley disaster podcast that was exclusively dedicated to that. I personally enjoy... And as I've done these these podcasts over the past, oh my gosh, probably almost five years I've been doing these. I feel that diving into one issue is more enjoyable, I think, for me and sometimes the listeners rather than just going through a rap sheet of covering Monday Night Raw, 
covering every element of SmackDown. I feel that when I talk about a particular issue I feel passionate about, it's better for listening. Because it's not just, oh, here's the, I gotta hit, check the boxes, here's what's on Raw, here's a segment, this segment, this segment. I'll answer questions by, by all means. And if you guys want to join the conversation and have me maybe create some talking points every week, hit me up on Twitter at the WWE Podcast. I think that's a great way that maybe we can get interaction. I'm thinking about maybe going back to live shows. I used to use Blog Talk Radio. And uh, by the way, you can follow me on Spreaker. Many of you do that on Spreaker at the WWE Podcast and Apple Podcasts, obviously, at, you guessed it, WWE Podcast. So um, some other points from Monday Night Raw. And one of the highlights, Owens, or excuse, yeah, yes, Owens versus Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. I I mean, I think I'm piling on at this point, and I, I don't, I don't like to uh, to just pile on because it's easy to do when you have a perspective out there that's insightful and and you just piggyback on that like it was your own thoughts, original thoughts. But that's how I really feel about Seth Rollins. I don't think there's a time that maybe he's been hotter or he's been as hot as he has right now. It is one of the best runs that Rollins has had. But here's the difference. Rollins... While he has good matches in the ring, he also has found that connection with the crowd. He's found it. He's bringing prestige, and he's adding a lot to the Intercontinental Championship right now. He has really done a great job of being able to connect with the crowd. and I would argue he's one of the most over guys on WWE TV right now. And his match Monday night with Owens for the Intercontinental Championship, I'd give that... An A. I really would. It was for a Raw, Monday Night Raw, it was awesome to see. And I loved it. And Rollins is on fire right now. Um, the uh, the Open Challenge is cool. I know that John Cena made it famous with the U.S. title. But it's a great concept, especially if you're a babyface. I would like them to maybe pull back from having to always say they're going to be a fighting champion and be a stand-up guy or girl or woman and I'd love to then pull back on that because it's. I don't like to be transparently led. It's like someone whispering in your ear, I want you to like me. I want you to like me and here's why. I'm going to be a stand-up. I'm going to be a fighting champion. This isn't the 80s. Are you going to tell me you're taking your vitamins too and you say your prayers at night? Here's your warm bottle of milk. I don't like the soft stuff. I just don't. And I don't like for cursing. And swearing and blood and guts. But I don't like to be transparently led. And some of that stuff is is a little bit like, uh, it's eye rolling. Come on. Like, all right, you want to kiss my baby when he's born in a week, a week too? And I, I mean, really, let's be real. So the other thing, and uh, this is kind of a positive and negative because I like to balance it out. It's not all a, it's not all a, uh, a bitching session, I promise, is Finn Balor. I don't think it, there's an argument that he is one of the best in-ring wrestlers. Not a performer, because guess what? He's not a magician. Best in-ring wrestlers that WWE has. No question. He's got a great entrance, a great connection with the crowd. But here's where I get pulled back from Finn Balor. Can he please? And this is very fixable. Very fixable. And here, here here's, here's what you fix. Can... 
Finn Balor, please, 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 stop smiling like a schoolboy that just had his first kiss with a girl in sixth grade every single time that he comes out or is in a picture on social media or is backstage with somebody in a locker room. He's got really nice teeth. Great. He looks like a fool every single time I see him. Stop with the smiling. I'm begging you. A smirk here and there. Smiling when warranted. Was Vince McMahon having some kind of baby face session? Like, guys, I know this is 2018 and damn it, if you're a baby face, here's what you do. You got to go out there and you got to smile. You got to smile. People, people like smiling. Makes them feel good. You're a good guy now. I, I, I don't know. I just don't understand. Even Charlotte was a little bit guilty of this when she turned from heel to face. When she did that, and she's been very successful. This is not, this is not a knock, but the transition was a little bit rough. She goes one week from being this smug, arrogant queen to coming out there smiling, smiling, almost obnoxiously smiling. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Smiling when warranted, but it's not a hard, fast paint you with a broad stroke. You got to smile every two seconds. Every time the camera's on, smile all the time. Just There's no other expression, no other type of emotion you can have as a baby face other than smiling during your entrance. That's it. I, I'm just, I'm not a fan of it. His smile to me is childish. It's childish. It looks like it instantly takes credibility away from him and instantly makes him look 15 years younger. Like a child. Like a little teenage boy. That's what Finn Balor looks like every time that I see him smiling. It gets under my skin. Oh, and and many of you are going to really love this one. I, and I despise... When he comes out there and wears his LGBTQ shirt with all the colors and look at, we're all united. Enough. Now, many of you, what a jerk. He doesn't support. Let me tell you something. And I do not apologize for any of this. None. Zero. So many of you, you may block me. That's great. Cool. But here's how I feel about that. Wrestling, WWE, is a fantasy land. Fantasy. You want to label it fake? Say fake. Dream world. Not real. Simulated. Scripted. Whatever adjective you want to use to describe WWE, that's what it is. It's not a real environment where they have to be concerned about reality. And when you have WWE so concerned about the women, and we're going to make sure we're in lockstep with all of the women's movements and making sure that, well, we got to be sensitive to LGBTQ. Really? So how successful were you in the 90s? When you actually were offensive to a lot of those demographics. 
how successful were you? Pat, let me let me ask, how, how successful were you? Yes, you were a private company. And to WWE's defense, they didn't have all those sponsors and things. But financially, TV ratings, pay-per-view buys, how successful were you during the late 90s, early 2000s, before WWE went soft? I'll leave you to think about that. And now they're all concerned about this, and it's supposed to make me go, wow, he's so accepting of everyone. I support all of these groups. Shut up. I am tired. And this is not going to change anything. In fact, it's probably going to get worse in WWE. I understand it's a family show. It's now PG. Great. I don't need blood, guts, swearing, and nudity. I don't need it. But I also don't need these things being thrown in my face like I'm just supposed to accept them and make me like them even more because look how accepting he is. Enough. It, I, that is, it, it's transparently just angers me. And, and it's not, and here's the thing, and I will say, it's not that I don't support them. The LGBTQ, you guys do whatever you want to do. I don't care. I don't, I don't, I could care less. I'm not going to speak against any of anybody who's gay, whatever. I don't care, care less. But what I don't like is when it's thrown in my face all the time and I'm supposed to just go, yay, we look at this. And no, no. In fact, when people try to, it's like trying to have somebody uh, uh, push their religion on you. Try to have a conversation about somebody with religion. See how that goes. How comfortable is that? I'm sure that's a great, real riveting conversation that never ends in wars. Yeah, because there's never been a a war over religious beliefs before. Never. So what I don't like, and I'm blowing this way out of proportion, because that's kind of what I do, I guess. I just, and we're going to see it probably get even worse. And eventually we'll probably have gay tag team, openly gay tag teams, openly bisexual, whatever. I don't, probably not bisexual because then there's a sexual element there, but just openly gay, openly lesbian tag teams. And and you know what? That can come when it's a natural progression. But at the same time, why does that even have to be a thing in WWE? WWE is, they should not be about that kind of stuff on TV. Because, oh, like I said, WWE is a fantasy land. The rules don't apply to WWE when you're watching Monday Night Raw. Regular social norms and what's accepted by the rest of the social media disaster of a society that we have now that is, is has been created by Facebook, Instagram, whatever, MySpace, no, MySpace is not a thing, has now infiltrated itself into an environment that it has no business being in. If if you guys want to, and I say you guys, WWE wants to go and support these causes and and and, and look at how great we are with all of the, the anti-bullying crap, all of the uh, Connor's Cure, that's a great cause, but transparently patting ourselves on the back, and Susan G. Komen... All of these things that's right up Stephanie McMahon's alley that she would love to forget that she's actually in a wrestling company, whether she likes to admit it or not. It's a wrestling company. Oh, it's entertainment. No, yeah, but you provide entertainment through what? Oh, wrestling. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, I just, I said a dirty word, didn't I? Wrestling. 
If she wants to go do that on her own time, that's wonderful. But I don't need it bleeding into what made WWE awesome. Because you know what made WWE awesome? Was what happened inside the 20 by 20 ring. That's what made WWE successful when they didn't conform to social norms. And there was anything could happen at any moment. And we weren't all so sensitive about everything and everyone being accepted for everything and all the time. And we're great. And look at all of these things. Wow, he supports this cause. I'm going to, that makes me like him even more because that's the social norm right now. And that's the movement right now is is accepting everybody for who and what they are. And it doesn't matter if you're LGBTQ or what. Look, all of those things while I agree and disagree with some of those, and my God, I don't want to label certain things because that's a podcast that could set the internet on fire, is that this whole thing does not belong in an environment of WWE. That is what I think about that. So I'm going to leave it there. Uh, One other thing, guys, and um, some quick things on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. Guys, this is a detour. I'm actually enjoying it. I know some people are like, why isn't it the Miz and Daniel Bryan? We're getting there, folks. You want to really want to blow that feud at a backlash pay-per-view, even Money in the Bank? No, 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 no. You build that to SummerSlam. That's where this is happening. This feud that we're all looking forward to, and I'm looking forward to it, SummerSlam, guys. Big cast is a detour. So everybody needs to calm down, enjoy it. Big cast is actually really good on the mic. And uh, so... Just everybody pause. Shinsuke Nakamura, I think, has come into his own as a heel. I love the I speak in no English uh, uh, thing that he, as I said weeks ago, he could turn that into a very big babyface line. That could generate a lot of money for him and the company. I really believe that. There's things you can do with English or English. uh, T-shirts, marketing slogans, taglines. Catchphrases, there's a lot you could do with that as a babyface. So when he turns back to a babyface and he gets his old music back and fans go nuts, no pun intended, there's a lot there for Shinsuke. Oh, wow, imagine that. Turning a guy heel to eventually go back to babyface and the fans accept him even more. Shinsuke's more loose. He's got had more uh, uh, dialogue on SmackDown that he's had in the past. Uh, him talking about Renee Young saying, what's, what's chances? You know, the way he's playing Renee Young right now is awesome. I'm loving Shinsuke Nakamura right now with AJ Styles. I know that we've seen it again and again and again and again, but they're really, they're pl- I think they're playing it well, and the whole nut shots need to stop. So we're going to see what's going to happen at Money in the Bank. Hopefully this is their very last one for a while, not forever, but at least for the next several months at Money in the Bank. Hopefully that is the final one. Um, and maybe Shinsuke captures it. Maybe Shinsuke does. It's possible. We haven't had a heel WWE champion in quite some time. Um, so one more thing that I want to touch on, and this is a general statement, is the are the clip art promos. And what are the clip art promos? The selfie promos. The, the you know, <clears throat> the 1995 uh, the Windows 1995 clip art that they use when the wrestlers are just like, I'm going to cut a promo on my phone. Instead of having a professional camera crew come into the locker room and cut a real promo like a, you know, like a big boy, I'm going to use my phone. And yeah, that's, it's like WWE trying to be that cool uncle when they're not. 
they're trying to be up with the times. Everyone does selfies and everyone else selfies are a thing. No. Let these professionals in a multi-million dollar company use the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment to actually cut a real promo instead of looking like they're sitting on their couch on a Saturday morning cutting the promo you know, while they're eating their bowl of cereal. I don't need that. I know they're trying to be new and do something different, and I applaud them for that. It's just not working for me. It's not working. I don't need it. I don't need them to do that, especially when it's Samoa Joe, and they put it in like you know some green, crappy font that looks like a sixth grader made it for his final project in art class. I don't need that. I don't need. I don't understand it. It just it, some of it comes off weird. I, it's, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it. Um, anyway. It just comes off hokey, childish, and like they're trying to produce, you know, Dora the Explorer. I don't know. So, guys, <laughs> this has been one of uh, one of my more passionate shows that I've done in a while. So, and it's one of my longer ones. But I really feel the way I do. This is not an act. This is not trying to get listens. This is just me with my brain. God help me. And my real opinions. So, uh, really do hope you enjoyed the show, though. And, and overall, I will say this. I'll end on a positive note. There's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan. There are uh, a lot of different talking points. You have uh, Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre that I think is going to be a big deal. I think Drew McIntyre is going to be a big deal, not Dolph. I'm really looking forward to, to what Drew McIntyre can do. He can talk. He's big. He's a big boy from the last time we saw him on WWE uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, he is really got a bright future, uh, and I'm I'm excited for Drew McIntyre. I'll tell you that much right now, and. When Roman Reigns turns heel, I'll be the first one on here to applaud WWE for finally giving in or taking, making the right choice. Not even giving in. Making the right damn choice to turn him heel. My God, the money they can make with that guy is a heel. And then guess what? When they turn him back babyface, it'll be a a monstrous success. So just keep that in mind. And SmackDown Live, stacked roster. Carmella, loving her as WWE Women's Champion. Uh, Nia, Jax versus, uh, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey, I'm concerned. I didn't like the way WWE portrayed it on uh, the E! Network or ESPN or, or whatever the hell they were doing at the time. It was an awkward setup, like weird. Um, I don't know. But Nia Jax versus Ronda, I like how Ronda said there are other more deserving women. Smart if you're a babyface because you recognize that you are not the first in line just because you had one match. Uh, and you have name value and brand value, but that doesn't exempt you from having to earn the opportunity. Nia Jax is the one that challenged her. That's the key. Smart booking on WWE. I am concerned about Nia Jax uh, maybe possibly injuring, really injuring Nia, Ronda Rousey in that match because she is, sometimes has a history of botching moves and, and um, using a lot of force because she's a powerful woman. So... I was a little concerned about that. Um, I'm thinking that that match goes to a non-finish. I think Natty ultimately turns her back on Ronda, costs Ronda Rousey the match, and uh, you have a Ronda versus Natty going into the summer, and eventually Charlotte versus uh, Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania next year. I think that's what they're building to. They planted the seeds for it uh, this past week on Monday Night Raw. So I'm looking forward to that. The women's division... Um, both women's divisions are really, really um, excelling at this point. I'm, I'm enjoying both shows. Both are, um, uh, I think, hot right now. You have Becky Lynch, who seems to be back on the rise after winning her qualifying match for the Money in the Bank women's ladder match. Uh, that That's, I think, and WWE's just criminally un- um, underutilized Becky Lynch over the last year or so. So um, 
that's all I have to say about that. I wanted to end at a positive note. Guys, please follow me on Twitter at the WWE Podcast. Subscribe and rate and review me if you have a few moments on Apple Podcasts. It really, really, really does help me out on the show. Um, if you haven't already blocked me on Twitter for some of my comments, but um, hashtag sorry, not sorry. So, all right, guys, everybody have a great day, and I'll talk to you next time.